Sean is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. The stitching, you that, got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It feels a bomb. It feels a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 103 of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated podcast about sports, entertainment, and everything in between. And as always, part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, go follow us at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, and follow everything. Built in Buffalo is giving you Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's a takeover. Built in Buffalo underscore. We are your hosts. Of course, I am Matt Greco. He is Tony Ambrose. Tony, what's going on? The power of wit is a curious thing. Makes a listener laugh. Makes Tony sing. Bill Season's here. Saber's got a new fit. Can you feel me? That's the power of wit. Matt, what's up? Hey, it's the power of wit. I like it. Your t-shirt idea? Ooh, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying no. I think that's got some leg. I think so too. Uh, Maybe a little Owen Power integration. Oh, I like it. Owen Power of Wit. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the Sabers, new old logo introduced. Going back to the As red and black that- for the third jerseys, the goat head, the glory years. What do you think about the new goat head? I think it's an upgrade. Oh, I think it's a downgrade. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm I'm opposite of you. I I don't think there's as much intricate detail to the new logo. I think it's more straightforward and, for lack of a better term, like sexier. But there's just not as much going on with it as the old one. So I, I think it's a downgrade. I will, see, I will agree with you. I think that there's not as much going on with it. The area to the left or the goat's right, underneath the eye, near the nose is a lot less detail. That's like all gone. And the gray is now darker. But I think that's why it's an upgrade. I think it looks more like a buffalo now, less like a goat. I see more (laughs) of a buffalo in this face now. Okay. I'm just glad they're going back to it. I mean, some of my fondest Sabres memories were in the black and red with the goat head. For example, sophomore year of college, Jason Pominville scores the series clinching shorthanded overtime goal against the Senators in the second round to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I remember me wearing my red and black goat head Taylor Pyatt jersey. Don't ask questions. I don't have answers. It was a Taylor Pyatt jersey. But when Pommelville scores that goal, I am screaming up and down fourth floor of Park Hall at Ohio State, running up and down the hall, screaming my lungs out. And I remember it so distinctly at that moment. Every single door on that floor seemed to like open up at the same time and be like, what the hell is going on out in the hallway? And I just said, yep, the Sabres are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. And of course, Jordy being from Ohio at Ohio State, we're like, who the hell are the Sabres? So that was, that was the end of it. Just fun memories of the, that goat head red and black era. Of course, I share the same memories also in college. I vividly remember so many Sabres watch parties of that year of that playoff run. 
Sweet 104. It's not where I live, but that's where we watch the games. Sweet 104. Oh, just high emotion. A lot of bros hugging each other. And we would play knee hockey in between periods. It was a blast. Sabres going back to the red and black. And of course, signing Tage Thompson. Seven-year deal. Getting the Vanek money. So uh, a lot of Sabres news coming through the pipeline this the last week of August. So we might have to talk about the Sabres pretty soon. Season's coming up. I'm kind of excited for it. I was thinking about this the other day. I was sitting there on my couch. I'm like, I'm kind of excited for the Sabres this year. Like the first time in seven years. I'm excited for the Sabres this year. Yeah, I would say so. I was very excited for the Sabres last year. Towards the end of the season, I was watching a lot of games, a lot more than I have been in the routine of doing. And yeah, I look forward to it getting going this year. I look forward to wearing my Jeff Sanderson Goathead jersey. I look forward nice. to telling young kids like what it was like the first time they wore red and black. I did appreciate how, I forgot what it was, maybe ESPN, some like national sports thing, tweeted, Sabres will bring back iconic red and black Goathead jerseys as third jersey. Iconic is not the word I would have thought anyone would use for these jerseys, <laughs> but they are iconic. No, they are. And I'm glad that they're recognized as such. Yeah. What an era. Are you going to tell young Sabres fans about how the uh, the coach slept with the goalie's wife or vice versa? Yeah. And I'm going to tell them all about how... The good old oh, days. I know you've heard of Dominic... Yeah, I know you've heard about Dominic Kashik on the ice. Let me tell you. When he punches reporters in the locker room, that's when shit gets real. See, we had a goalie, Dominic Kashik, really good. Then we had a coach, Ted Nolan. They didn't get along nope. for various reasons. There was um, also Jim Kelly in the mix. Not the Jim Kelly you're thinking of. No, different Jim Kelly. There's a lot of Jim different Kellys Jim back Kelly. in the day in Buffalo sports yeah. lore here. Yeah. A number of Jim Kellys. Tony, before we get into the Bills, the preseason is over. We are <laughs> on the road to our season opener in by the time the listeners listen to this, in less than a week against the Rams, defending Super Bowl champions. We got a lot to get into. 53-man roster reactions. Josh. A new punter. Position on the new punter, the practice squad. There's a lot yeah. to get into, but I think with all that Bills news, the season getting started, we need some energy. And the best way to get energy mm. is to eat. So I thought to open the show this week, we should do a Bills food taste test for the listeners. Great audio, of course. Yep. Tasting food yep. on an audio format is top-notch live. entertainment. <laughs> live. But let's just take all the Bills food we know. Let's give it a live try, and we'll we'll rank it. Uh, I, I was thinking of doing a little Bills-themed ranking system. What do you think about, because it's food and drinks, but mostly food. What do you think about a Cornelius Bennett ranking system, aka biscuit ranking system? I was going to propose we do it as a roster cuts ranking system. It's either makes the roster, is cut, or is practice squad. Oh, okay. I like that. All right. Since the roster has been released, let's do a ranking system of the food we taste live on this show. Uh, making the team, making the practice squad, or getting cut. Tony, do you want to start right at the top with the franchise, QB17, the chosen one, Josh Allen, and his famous cereal, Josh's Jacks? I would love you're to start in, with Josh's Jacks. I've never had Josh's it? Jacks before. This is yes, a first I'm for I'm Tony listeners. Right I've had Josh's Jacks. We're opening the box now. I'm just going to take a handful. I'm not going to even do... I'm I'm going raw with it. I'm, are, you, are you doing milk? 
Uh, I'm going to be doing almond milk in mine. Unsweetened Ooh, almond milk. Fancy. Very Sean realized, McDermott of you. I realized as I poured it, I poured way too much. I also haven't had cereal in maybe... I, <laughs> it's been several years. I have not had cereal in several years. Your amateurism right, of so I'm milk, got... milk to cereal ratio shows. That's for sure. No, I can't. Right. actually, I... I'm, I'm pretty proud of my ratio that I'm looking at now as I poured this. All right, Tony, you, you started off. Take right, a nice so, uh, big bite of Josh's Jackson and, and give us your thoughts. All right, so let's see here. I'm going to get a good spoonful. I have about an even amount of the red and the blue Jackson here, even though it's really like a, a teal and a pink. First bite coming in. Here we go. Here we go. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Are you eating them right now, too? Yes. I just took a handful. Okay. I didn't even, I didn't even okay. look at it. I just did There's my hand a- in the bag. And just went to town, just throwing them in my mouth. There's a there's a familiar flavor to these. I can't put my thing. It's somewhere between Apple Jacks and Fruit Loops for me. Yes, yes. It's not quite Fruit Loops, even though it labels itself as red and blue Frosted Loops. It's not quite the same taste as Fruit Loop, even though Josh yeah. Allen is a much better mascot for this type of cereal than Toucan Sam ever will be. Wow, throwing shade on Toucan Sam. That's a well. It's that, it's that kind of segment. It. What are your now, thoughts? I'm noticing on the box here. You have the new generation, Josh's jet. You have the like he's wearing uh, white sleeves. No, I wanted to bring this up though. Oh, Great okay. Foresight by you. I have the OG. He's wearing the red jersey. There's three versions of the Josh's Jacks cereal box. Two, the first two that is have Josh with his iconic half sleeve look. Of course, there's no logos for trademark purposes and whatnot, but. The half sleeve look is there. The third version, which I'm assuming is what you have based on your statement, full sleeves from Josh. And I don't like it. Josh is the face of this league, the face of this organization. Show off the guns, Josh. You're flexing during training camp with Gabe Davis in the locker room, showing how how swole you got. Like, show them off. Don't go with the full sleeve. Don't go with the Drayton Florence. Do you know what game this photograph is from? I don't think it's Was from there a game. I think it's from a photo shoot. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay. He, well, I was. I think he half acid. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. I'm almost wondering if something, ha- something was was going on with his arms. Are his arms even there? Like maybe these are photoshopped arms, and they deemed right. it easier just to put sleeves in him. Right. Yeah. Because there's not even numbers on his shoulders. It's amateur right. out here for the version three of Josh. So Josh and Jacks, Tony, uh, your first taste. Are they making the team for you? Are they practice squad or are they getting cut? Well, I have to knock it down a few points because this Josh's Jack's crossword puzzle on the back seems a little. Yes. Honestly, it seems kind of hard. <laughs> right? Like it's. I have a word scramble. Well, because well, it's like I read the first clue. Number one, favorite food. Okay, sorry, I don't am know I Josh's know favorite food. Yeah, am I? Am no, I supposed to know fault. that? I know that's your the fault. next one. Josh's middle name. I know that. I know that one. Right. Champion. Mm-hmm. Josh's Josh Champion dog's Alice. name. 11 across. Josh's Probably dog's also name. Champion. Do you know that one? No. <laughs> Probably. He is a Parks and Rec fan, and he does look like Andy Dwyer, owner of Champion. Yeah, that's right. That's why I guessed it. Yeah. Crossword puzzle ridiculously, unless you are an expert on Josh Allen's Wikipedia page or edited it right. yourself. You don't know these answers. Tony, this, of course... Continues but a I'm, long line of football-related cereals. Some from our backyard, Mario's, Flutie Flakes. But just from around the league in general, Mahomes has a Mahomes Magic Crunch. Aaron Jones from the Packers has the Touchdown Squares. And, of course, the Patriots have the Cheaties, their version of Wheaties. So 
So good for Josh. I, I feel like good players get their own cereal. TOs, of course. If Aaron you know Jones has a cereal, then yeah, good players yeah, get it. Jones if Mahomes has one, Josh has to have one. I also want to point your uh, attention to the ingredients here. This is the first three. Sugar, wheat, and then three kinds of flour, including something called enriched flour. <laughs> Only the best for Josh at Jack's. Not just regular flour. There's enriched <laughs> flour in there, Tony. I feel good now, about that. I'm looking at... I'm looking at the uh, what's in parentheses here, and what makes it enriched? Well, the bleach for one. So Josh's that's good. blood is in the cereal mix. Wow, that's how they get the greatness. Yeah, that's I. So I would say, based on the greatness of his blood, even though I knocked <laughs> the box choices a little bit, form of the crossword puzzle, we shared our right. thoughts on this on the photo. I'm still gonna say this is making the team. Okay. Good, good call. I am going to go surprise here. I'm going to cut it. Wow. Okay. I am not a fan of the taste. I've had it before. Okay. I, it's just something is off about it. And I know it's a knockoff Fruit Loops. So something isn't just inherently off about knockoff cereals, like non-brand name cereals that you grew up having. Frosted Flakes or Captain Crunch. By the way, speaking of Captain Crunch, Josh should come out with a Captain Clutch cereal. I thought I always thought that was a good idea. Yeah, it's not doing it for me, Tony. I love Josh. I love that he has his own products. It's just the taste is not getting it over over the cut mark for me. So I'm gonna have to, to put this one to the side. Sorry, Josh and Jax. Wow. Moving on, Tony. So all those kids at Oshai Children's Hospital. And this is what you do to them. <laughs> Sorry, kids at Oshai. I bought the cereal. I support them. <laughs> I guess it's true. <laughs> Next, I have the Bill's Mafia tailgate sauce series. I have the Bill's it, Mafia barbecue with a picture sauce. Of Josh, Josh is on, on it. it. Okay, mm -hmm. so you have the barbecue version. I have it. the mild version. Okay. All right. Oh, ready okay. for for taste taste test number two? Yes. All right. Here we go. I'm just doing my pinky on this one. Yep. I'm just doing a little dab on the finger here. Yep. Nice and easy. Well. Actually, I'm going to use a spoon for my cereal and do a dab from there. Ooh, wow, mixing and matching. I'm just doing a dab on my finger. Mm, mm. Kind of milky. Milky, interesting. No, I'm joking um, because I said I used the spoon for my... <laughs> right. Try and keep up, man. That's why I said interesting. Try and I'm keep up. up. I'm up. I'm keeping yeah. up. All right, I'll, I'll hit my review of the mild up first. It is really, really good. I'm much more of like a, a hot barbecue guy myself when I get wings or something. This is one of the better mild sauces I've had, I'd say. I would definitely use this in a variety of things. Chicken wing dip, whole pork. This is really good. The Bill's whole Mafia pork? mild tailgate sauce. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. So, you wing sauce so when you say mild pork? wings on pulled pork? Yeah, of course. That's what this is, right? That you're What you have there, you're saying tailgate sauce, but it's a wing sauce, right? It says mild tailgate sauce series, but... Yeah, it, it tastes like a wing sauce. Okay. Of I course, would have never thought to also put benefit wing sauce on pulled pork. Really? Wow. Welcome to the show, Tony. Your life is about to change. <laughs> okay. I guess um, so. It's super good. I, I'm very impressed with this very generic uh, product. So guess what, Children's Hospital? You're back in the game. Because <laughs> these proceeds also benefit. <laughs> Those kids are going to make it. We did it. Yeah, I, I'm. This is definitely making the team. This is just like Josh. This is my starting QB. This is really good. I'm very impressed by this. Tony, how's your barbecue bird? Okay, so I'm going into this barbecue version. I will say, I generally like the barbecue sauce that I have the most often is Sticky Lifts Cherry Bomb barbecue sauce. 
So my like default taste of barbecue sauce probably isn't normal barbecue sauce to most because I definitely am usually getting a sweeter barbecue sauce like the cherry or like a brown sugar. This is definitely neither one of those. This is more of a maybe peppery barbecue sauce. It's not like Sweet Baby Ray's. It's it's definitely Sweet Baby Ray's are much. (laughs) Yeah, Sweet Baby Ray's is much richer than this. This is good. I think this is a good barbecue sauce. I like it. It's probably more traditional barbecue sauce than I'm used to having. I think it's good. I would put it on things. I think that if I was to get like a lemon pepper chicken and enjoy this with it, that would be a nice contrast, a good compliment to it. But in a sense, I'm not saying I'm going to the Ozarks to a parking lot barbecue stand thinking that this is doing anything there. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put this one on the practice squad. If I open my fridge door, I see the barbecue sauces and condiments available. I'm going to see this there and be like, well, I'm glad it's there, but I'm glad it's not playing against the Rams. So that's glad it's not. Covering Cooper Cup. Yep, exactly. Right. I, I also wanted to point listeners out to uh, the fact that at least the mild version has a little bit of potassium in it. So for the health nuts out there, <laughs> throw your bananas away. Get some Bill's Mafia tailgate sauce. Hey, there you go. Of course, in terms of power ranking tailgate sauces for the Bills, it's like this, any kind of bodily fluids. So no, I, I like it. It's good. Mine's good. Tony, moving Yours on. is making the team. Mine's making it's mine's starting quarterback. I, I think this is really good. I'm oh, I'm okay. surprisingly impressed with it. It's got a great taste. It's uh it's not too like spicy or peppery. It's got good flavor. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Tony, what is the uh what's the next product you want to move to here? I say we I say we uh go with cream on this puppy and get this thing twenty one plus tonight. Mm, I like Let's it. do the booze. Let's do the booze. I have the uh, the QB1 seltzer here, which, of course, has been rethemed into the blue light seltzer stampede. So if you have that, it's the same thing, listeners. Tony, what do you have okay. on your end? I have the Bill's Mafia wine. Ooh, okay. I like that. The that's, very, label, that's very classy of you. The label I like a lot. It's kind of 3D-ish. I'm into that. It seems like they put more effort into it of we're just going to make some trash wine and throw a bill symbol on it and those assholes are going to eat it up which those mafia is not trash well we don't know that yet we have not tasted we made haven't given our finest, assessment made from the finest wine grapes cheek to walk in new york <laughs> all right let me see all right you ready you got your uh, glass of wine poured yeah i'm gonna dive into this seltzer here boom right okay. there all right here we go three two one this tastes uh, how's like the wine? How's the wine? red wine at my uncle's house on Christmas. So <laughs> well, drink, how much wine are you drinking at your uncle's? I'm led to believe that it should be a good thing because, well, I guess what I'm saying is that my uncle's house that I'm picturing, that's like the most traditional Italian house in my family tree. So what I'm saying is okay. this feels like an Italian wine, I guess. I, or I presume if I'm making that connection, maybe not. I don't know. It is not a sweet wine. It is not a peppery wine. It's on the drier side. Would it, would it, uh, pass, the, would it pass the UB40 test? Uh, what is the UB40 test? Enlighten me. Would they make a song about it? Who's they? Who's UB40? UB40 who sings red, red wine. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, okay. I, I was so locked into the concept of this is something happening at UB 
<laughs> that I no. like wasn't even comprehending anything else. No, although, it's not like although that. great that idea, is... UB forty point yeah. UB. Yeah, that, we uh, would just call has, it how that 40. hasn't happened yet. <laughs> no, it's nothing like redwood wine in the Caribbean. This is way too warming. You know, sometimes like you have a drink and it's like, ooh, I'm all warmed up. Like this is a winter drink. This is a winter wine. This is the wine I'm yeah. having when I'm preparing to, to go into the water coming off the Titanic. Red, red wine from UB40 is like, it's a fun, summery, sweet wine. This is not that. This is a winter warm, warm you off wine. I'm wearing the ugly Christmas I mean, I'm going to finish it. But drinking a wine. I'm going to finish okay. it. What are you going, practice squad? I think it has its place somewhere in this league, but I don't think it's on my team. I think it's headed to waivers. Okay, interesting, interesting. Maybe it will go the way of our friend Kingsley Jonathan and, and get picked be up signed by else. another team. Get picked up somewhere yes. else. But I think it's for, good, for me. Good, good note there. Kingsley Jonathan, our, our buddy, guest of this pod, picked up by the Bears. So congratulations to Kingsley. Big shout out to him. Know he's going to do great things. I wish it was for the Bills, but congratulations to him for getting on Chicago Bears roster. They saw something in him. So couldn't happen to a better guy. Much, much deserved for Kingsley there. Tony, the QB1 seltzer from Labatt Blue Light. It is a, just to give a description for the listeners, uh, raspberry, lemon, and cherry flavors mixed into one. I'm guessing those just by uh, the title of the drink are Josh's three favorite fruits, raspberry, lemon, and cherry. There's no way grapefruit is not one of his favorite fruits. (laughs) Really? Is he a grapefruit guy? That's That's what they grow on the farm. Ah, yes, that's right. That's right. This is pretty good. I have had better seltzers, but this is very refreshing. It's light. It's flavorful. This would be a great golf drink. Hot golf day in the summer. Josh loves golf, of course, so this is very fitting. But this would be a great refreshing golf drink, not like a heavy beer on the golf course in 90 degree heat. This would be a nice refreshing seltzer for you. So that's what it feels like to me. This is this is a drink I'd take to the golf course with me. It's very good. It's very good. I've had better. I'm, I like Mike's Hard Lemonade seltzers. I like Zima seltzers. Those aren't a thing. They should be. Or Loco seltzers. I think this this makes the team, it, but it barely makes the team. Mm-hmm. You know, may, maybe this it's... is like the Marquez Stevenson. Like he's on the team, but he might spend the first six weeks on the puppet just to give my thoughts a little. I need, I need more time to to really assess what I'm going to do here. Am I going to give it a roster spot? But right now, I think it's making the team. Barely. It might be the mm. Cam Lewis. Is the Balin, the Balin Spectre. That's who I would say. Yeah. Is that who I would think? Not to diverge from our exercise here too much, but is that who you think number 53 of 53 is? I think number 53 is Marquez Stevenson. I think number yes. 52 and a half is Balin Specter. Oh, really? I would not say that. I think it's Greg oh. Van Rotten or Bobby Hart. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Mm. I okay. do. I do think that. Tony, I have one more. It's a special food item. I think it expired about 15 or so years ago. Oh, it boy. is an unopened box of... Terrell Owens TOs and listeners, what a treat for you. We're going to open it up for the first time here <laughs> and we're going to try some TOs from 2000 and I don't even know <laughs> nine. Does that sound about right? Uh, that does sound about right. 2009, 2010 <laughs> ish. Yeah. All right. One of those, so, uh, some around 15 year old TOs. Here we go. Open in the box bag. Of course, these, these aren't like Josh's Jacks. These are, uh, 
more reminiscent of Cheerios, very plain, unlike T.O., who is very not plain showman. Okay, let's go. We're again doing this raw. No milk. Okay. Interesting texture. <laughs> uh, Interesting. A texture. little, a little dry, which you'd expect from a, a, a 13 year old cereal at this point. Yes. Um, I was going to say, does it taste like it's 13 years old? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little dry, a little stale. Yeah. It doesn't pass the test of time. I'll tell you that. They're, not only are they just regular knockoff Cheerios, which have no flavor, but I think the fact that they're Terrell Owens, who isn't like a figurehead in Buffalo organizational lore. <laughs> he spent one year here and it wasn't a successful one at that. I think that bothers me extra. If these were like a fruity thing, maybe they could give a pass. But, uh, you know, what? I'm I, I'm not feeling too great after eating a couple of those, which is understandable. <laughs> we need to take a break here. Tony, we might need to send it to Marv real quick. Uh, Whenever you're ready, whatever you need. This is a medical situation. This is a medical emergency, Marv. You need to take it away. Save us. Tony, uh, let's throw it to Marv, and uh, we'll be back after uh, the break, which might be a long one. Thank you, 13-year-old TOs. We will be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, Bills go. Come on, let's win for Buffalo. And we are back. Uh, Tony, I have made a full recovery after those TOs. Uh, so let's talk some Bills. All right. Bills if wrap, you're ready, I'm wrap, ready. I'm ready if you're ready. My stomach is ready. The Bills wrapped up the preseason on a little bit of a down note. And by little bit, I mean a lot of it. The guy we once had heavy praise for who will not be named on this podcast from here on in. He will just be called the punter because he doesn't deserve to be named. Was cut from the Bills. And as we start off most Bills segments, we got to start with the punting, of course. He who shall not be named, a.k.a. the punter, was cut. The Bills signed someone today. And that is Sam Martin, former Broncos punter. Very good stats from last year. One of the actual top punters. The Bills might have lucked out here uh, in terms of waiver wire. Wasn't willing to take a pay cut from the Broncos. So a little bit of a... Flex. It's a flex. Flex that the Bills can sign him. But he comes to the Bills with high marks, high stats. But Tony, more importantly, we got to think of some nicknames for Sam Martin. Do you have some we could uh, we could propose here? We could so focus I've been thinking it? about if we workshop some nicknames a little bit. I mean, you know, we lost. We lost a really good nickname. And so like what, right. So what to do about it? I have some ideas about Sam Martin's nickname. What do you think about this for his nickname? The punt Titan. Punt Titan. Wouldn't that be more of a Brett Kern nickname? Oh, because he played for the Titans. Interesting. That's right. Something like mythologically. more Kern on that one. Mythologically, as we learned from remember the Titans, the Titans were above the gods. So he would be the punt Titan. In contrast to the fun God. Okay. All right. We'll put okay. that in the back burner. So that's a no. Okay. Okay. So then, was, that one. <laughs> so, then, so then I was thinking like, all right, so was there ever like a God replacement? So that could be the punk God replacement. I'm like, okay, so who replaced God? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So then here's this nickname, the punt Santa. Of course. That is, the, that is who replaced God is Santa. <laughs> is that uh, anything? I, I, I like that. I, I like it. <laughs> okay. The fun Santa. Okay. Okay. Oh boy, the pun Santa. The Bills so, team could really could really do well with that one. Especially, yeah, later in the season. I mean, come on. 
All right. So how about another one on the God angle? Matt, let me ask you a question. If someone asks you if you're a God, what do you say? Pretend it's 1984 and you're on a New York City rooftop. Oh, okay. If someone asks you if you're a God, what do you say? I haven't seen Ghostbusters in so long. You say yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you say yes. You so say thinking, yes, of course. So then I was say, okay, Ghostbusters route. Is it Sam Stance? Is Ray Stance? Is it is it Ray Martin? Is it Dr. <laughs> Sam Martin? Is it Dr. Sam Stance? Something in there. Maybe you build on it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I like that. You say yes. Can I can I throw one at you? See how it plays? Please do. Please do. Okay. Let's think of other famous Martins in pop culture. Of course, I, we have Martin the TV, I, TV I, show. I took this route too. Okay. I'm looking forward to hearing where you're going with it. Okay. I know where we, I'm going with we have it. Martin Go ahead. the TV show, Gina. Yes. Thought uh, about that. But this, that, that doesn't apply here, I don't think. Or we're not creative enough to have it apply here. Or, or let's think of some famous uh, people named Martin, like maybe a famous director, Martin Scorsese. And what did he direct, oh. Tony? He directed a little movie called The Departed. Back in 2006, what if Sam Martin, another Martin, is nicknamed the Depunted? Oh, okay. The Depunted is a very good pun. Punt, pun. Oh, you'd appreciate that one. Yes, I do appreciate it. The Depunted is good. Little bit of a journey to get there to understand how it's justified sure, whatsoever. It's always a journey. Come take this journey yeah, with that's us. That's always a journey. Listeners. Come take the journey. <laughs> I was also thinking the the Wolf of Punch Street, but I didn't I didn't like that. It's too too much, too long. I like mm. the Depunted. I do like the Depunted. See, okay, so I when I was taking my journey of famous Martins, I looked up. I'm like Sam Martin, common-ish name must be. There must be other Sam Martin. The most prominent Sam Martin is a Grammy award-winning musician, singer, songwriter, record producer. He's mm-hmm. produced songs, Want to Want Me, Jason Derulo, Daylight from Maroon 5, Fly Rasta with Ziggy Marley. He's done things with One Direction, Nick, Jonas, Zed, Florida, Prince, Royce, Chainsmokers, Pitbull, John Bellion, Snoop Dogg, T.I., G-Eazy. We get it, Tony. He's got a good resume. We get it. He's got a big resume. He's a hit maker. Or Ooh. is Sam Martin, our punter, the hit maker? The hit maker. I like that one, too. Okay. That's a good, like, football nickname. The hit maker. That's a good since he hits the ball super far. Yeah. That's a good one too. And okay. And then we got two strong right ones here. Hits. The depunted or the depunter. I guess you can play both ways. And the hit maker. I like I like those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're I think we're getting there, Tony. We're getting to He Wolf levels here. Well, wow. That's Slowly a big statement because He Wolf is a great nickname. <laughs> yes. I mean that is that is the pinnacle of our nickname. Yeah. But Sam Martin comes to the Bills. Highly regarded. So very happy. I mean, the, the Bills got their punter. Uh, with their punter signing to the roster, looks like they're going to IR Marquez Stevenson. That's the rumor. I don't know if it's official yet. I haven't seen any official reports, but that seems to be the course they're going because there were 53 men on the roster when the roster came out yesterday. So there needs to be uh, somebody dropped. So it's either Stevenson or Tommy Doyle seems to be the other prime candidate here. So we'll see how that plays out. Tony, but speaking of the 53-man roster. Any reactions? We did our predictions last week. We called some. We didn't call some. There's some few surprises, maybe. 
it seemed pretty straightforward to me. Uh, what what was your initial reaction to the roster? Was anything stand out to you? Did anything shock you? What are your thoughts? I think to me, Balen Specter was the biggest surprise. Uh, okay. That one, what, that was, one stood out let, to me. Can I ask you a question before you continue with that? Was it a surprise yes. because you feel angst that there's the reports that not only is Jojo Doman impressing the Colts, but he is on track to be like the lead starting middle middle linebacker for the Colts. Is there any angst internally with you in the Jojo Doman positive reports that Balen Spector is, is on this team? I mean, obviously there is angst, but I think it's separate from if I thought he was going to make the team. I just didn't think if he was going to make the team, it's him versus Andre Smith for that spot. And they both made it. So that to me is like, that's where the surprise comes in. I mean, you had to bring up Jojo, didn't you? Well, I just want to get your thoughts. I want to see where you're at. We're a couple months out from the draft. He was right there for the taking. We've had a whole summer to let it marinate a little. I just want to see where your head's at with it. Just want to check in on you. That's what I do Mm. as a friend, as a co-host. It's appreciated. Appreciated. I would also say that I appreciate the wheeling and dealing that has been done with Marquez Stevenson. I think he wasn't really on anybody's radar because he was injured, but Mm -hmm. I, I like this move, assuming that that's what happens as far as like he's going to IR as the hit maker comes along. I like that move. I appreciate that. I think the biggest surprise to many was OJ Howard, but I wasn't, I wasn't that surprised. It always seemed like he was not well liked by the staff. Like he wasn't treated like he was anything big time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was in throughout the preseason late into games and fourth quarters. I think it was always a question of whether, it was what you said that the coaching staff didn't like him. He's always a step behind. I always felt like he was fighting an uphill battle. Or was it just the other mindset I thought was, okay, new offensive system, new personnel, new people he has to play with. Just get him the reps, no matter if it's first quarter, fourth quarter, whatever. He's mm-hmm. making this team no matter what. Let's just get him the reps so he can be the most effective when the games actually count. That, that was kind of my train of thought but it didn't look good it didn't look good when he was out there with five minutes left in the fourth quarter of the third preseason game with you know four stringers and guys you know are not going to make this team so the writing was on the wall their other factor is the money factor the bills are taking on a lot of money to have oj howard not play on this team of them upwards of 2.5 million in dead cap for oj howard not to be on this roster so that was a factor as well so um and then of course you have the quinn morris factor quinn morris was pretty impressive this preseason. Obviously, the coaching staff likes him. Obviously, it's a guy who was on the practice squad last year who who's worked hard to uh, earn his roster spot in this organization. So uh, I think there's an inherent uh, appreciation from the coaching staff for for that kind of work ethic. And I, I think he gives you some versatility. You look at a guy like Reggie Gilliam, who gives you fullback tight end versatility. I think Quinn Morris is kind of the same. You can line him up in the H-back role. You can line him up as a tight end. So... I think there's a lot of factors to OJ Howard not being on this final 53 man roster, but it all came down to, to me at least. And that's why I'm surprised it came down to the money factor. Cause I just don't think, I didn't think they would eat that by cutting OJ Howard. So a little bit of surprise. I think the biggest surprise to me was, and I can't believe I'm saying this cause he's the most uninteresting guy in the team. Greg Mansk getting cut. <laughs> like I didn't play all preseason. I thought he was kind of safe. I didn't think he was hurt. There wasn't any, major reports of injury news regarding Greg Mance and some minor nicks and whatever there here and there. But 
for the most part, I thought they weren't playing him in the preseason because he's the primary backup to Mitch Morris. Yes, Ryan Bates can move in there, but Greg Mance has, I think, the most center experience behind Mitch Morris. So I thought they were protecting him for that reason. And uh, lo and behold, he gets cut at the end and genuinely surprised me, I think. So again, the most Greg Mance looking guy ever is Greg Mance. And maybe that's why it's even more a surprise, because I thought that mustache would make the roster would be an important part of this team in the future and our future success. But lo and behold, it is not. So um, other than that, Tony, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. Again, there was only a couple spots up for grabs. Jay Kumaro made it, which is probably surprising to most, making it over Isaiah Hodgins. I, I don't think you were surprised. Kumaro adds a lot of special teams upside over Hodgins. But Hodgins thankfully cleared the waiver wire. I shocked he did, honestly. I thought he would be scooped up, showed a lot of great promise and even in that third preseason game making a lot of tough catches against the Panthers and he's he's just he was impressive all all summer so luckily we got him back it's weird to always talk about practice squad guys like that (laughs) like thank god we got this guy back he's going to be a big factor in the future and rarely are they ever but Isaiah Hodgins I think has has the talent to do it he's just got to stay healthy maybe that's was the awesome factor of like Hey, we want to see you be healthy for a year and then come back and, and ball out and we'll put you on a roster spot next year. Who knows? But again, not, not a lot of surprises. Davis White going to the pup list, won't be able to practice till week four. So it's looking like around, well, the bye week's week seven. So they're projecting week eight for Davis White return, which puts it in about a year. That's in line with typical ACL injuries, I think. So yeah. I, I don't have really much to say about this 53-man, Tony, that we haven't said already. So anything else from you? What we were saying about Quentin Morris, I think Quentin Morris is the most exciting move of them all in terms really? of like moves that could have gone one way or the other. And I say that because I choose the word excitement very purposefully because that's like in a roster that's so consistent to last year, Quentin Morris is like the new spice. Quentin Morris is like the, ooh, okay, like here's here's something new cool that I don't know what I'm going to get about him. I feel like I know what I'm getting out of Khalil Shakir. It's just a matter of like how much they use him. Same thing with James Cook, but I don't know. Quentin Morris is, there's something mysteriously exciting about it. Go, oh, all right. Quentin Morris is in the team, is in the mix. He's on the team. I'm excited to see what Quentin Morris brings to the table. Doran Dickerson walks so Quentin Morris could run. That's how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm always excited about a, an athletic fullback, H-back, tight end kind of guy. When we have guys like, or we've had had guys like Patrick DeMarco on this team, it feels like, yeah, I'll always take a, like a Quentin Morris kind of, kind of player. So, Tony, I, I'm a little distracted because I uh, was searching Sam Martin, and under images, there's a picture from, it looks like the 2019 ESPYs, and I don't know if this is the same Sam Martin, they certainly look the same, but his date is Nastia Lukin, U.S. Olympic gold medal gymnast. Oh, and I'm trying to find more information because I'm very intrigued by that. If Nastia Lukin is joining the Beehive, that could be big news. Who brought who? Right. Is my question. Who brought who? Trying to find more information. Of course, Sam Martin right. is a very generic name, but it's also the S. And he's an athlete, so... Right. The dots are connecting with this one. We'll have to get NFL player. 
Nastia Lucan shares pictures of 4th of July with her new boo NFL player, Sam Martin. Wow. But that doesn't look like Sam Martin. Now I'm now I'm extra confused. No, I'm I think I'm the same at, guy, Tony. We I might think be it is, an too, Olympic too. gold medalist in the beehive. Well, I'm on this article, Truth Behind Nastia Lucan and NFL star Sam Martin's former relationship. Oh. May 2021. Oh, so close. So they're not dating anymore. According, it looks like. As per this article, as Ouch, per Joe well, Eakins on Amo Mama. Big loss for the beehive there. Big, what could have been? Yeah, big potential. Uh, yes, big potential that loss. That is a shame. <laughs> well, a maybe shame. we can get these two back together. Yeah, let's make it happen right on this podcast here. Sam, Nastia, let's have a coming to together of sorts. Lucan is a listener. Of course she is. We, we know Josh Allen is. Right. Let's get these two kids back together. Get these two kids back together. There is room for love on this podcast. And of course, by that, I mean Mike Love, because he's back on the practice squad. Yeah. Moving on to the practice squad, though, Tony, because this this is a more interesting list to me than years past. We were able to get preseason all-stars, Raheem Blackshear, and, and as I mentioned, Isaiah Hodgins back on, surprisingly. Also, we got veterans Duke Johnson and Tavon Austin back, which I was probably more surprised Duke Johnson had a pretty strong preseason again so that's a good insurance policy to me if anything and David Austin of course he signed with TSE Buffalo shout out TSE Buffalo proud sponsor of Built in Buffalo shameless plug so I I knew the Bills would not let him go past that uh or he'd be in Buffalo in some way shape or form but again I mentioned Mike Love the thing I love about Mike Love I just have to mention every time he makes a play in the preseason and he's made a ton of plays in the preseason always shows out to me Michael Love always shows out in the preseason. They talk about him as if it's like his first year on the team, even though he's <laughs> been around for like four years. I always find that really weird. Like this this new kid, Mike Love, making plays out. I'm like, on the team for like four years. What are we talking about here? He's a mainstay. Yes, the biggest disappointment about Mike Love is that he's not on the ping pong power ranking. Ooh, do you want to talk about the ping pong power rankings? I would love to. Did, did, these, uh, did these shock and awe you? Kind of no. What the, the biggest thing that I noticed is not is no defensive backs. Like the defensive backs room is, is not participating. It's kind of what I'm led to believe. They're consummate professionals. They don't have time for that senior lounge bullshit. They got jugs machines to worry about. Ping pong power rankings, of course. Ed Oliver one, Jordan Phillips two, mm-hmm. Case Keenum, Mike Love looks like tied for third, maybe. Uh Josh Allen gave. Oh, Mike Love is on it. Yeah, Mike Love is third. He is he's well, a ping pong okay. player. But those yeah. top two, Ed Albert and Jordan Phillips, a little surprising, I would say. You get the I big the big men. Think so too, the big men they, can move. Now, okay, here's something that I didn't even consider until this moment. See how in the image it's like the numbers do not match the, the they don't line the, up with the Yeah, exactly. The, they don't line. So I think there's like a tie assume, for a third. Oh, okay. See what What's what's entering my mind now? Is it crude like that because it's doubles? Oh, okay. Like it's partner ping pong, which would ma- which would make sense that Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips would be partners. Sure. You know what would not make sense though, and uh, I will debunk huh. your theory here. Uh, nobody okay. would want to be partners with Bobby Hart, <laughs> who is number seven on this list. Who's near him? Matt Barkley, definitely not. And Deion uh, Dawkins. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's near him. Nobody would be partners with. Yeah, Bobby you're Hart. right. Okay. You're right. That's why I don't and, think uh, and now that uh, <laughs> and now looking at yeah, I think you're right. 
Because it doesn't yeah. get offset un- until around Josh, who is fifth, but closer to the four. Right. It's it weird. There. I think there's just a tie at three. Number 10 on this list is Nick McLeod. And I just want to mention, because I'm a Nick McLeod fan, I had him making my 53 initially last week and what I predicted. But Tony, the Bills did him pretty dirty on cut down day, if I do say so myself. Matt Perino from NY Up, friend of the podcast, put out a list early Tuesday morning of the players practicing with the team. And Nick McLeod was out there. Nick McLeod was out practicing with the team. Did an interview afterwards. Sounded like he thought he was on the team to only have the rug pulled out from under him. What, six hours later, it'd be cut. I think the Bills did Nick McLeod a little dirty and they rightfully lose him for doing him dirty like that to, of course, the Giants through waivers. Mm-hmm. Do you think Nick McLeod got done dirty? Uh Ultimately, to me, results are what matters, and the guy is on a professional football roster in a somewhat familiar area or territory and with the Giants, with Bills, uh, Bills East. So, no, I don't think he got done dirty. I think miscommunications happen. I think, I think uh, confirmation bias happens. I think he's fine. He's on a team. It was not, it was not the week for the Bills organization to be miscommunicative, if that's a word, based well, on the punter situation. It happened anyway, um, so. All right. Hey. Um, ew, ew, pull the pull the collar a little. Hey, yay. Who else is back in the practice squad? Brandon Bryant's back, as he was last year. Joe Giles Harris back. Tanner Gentry, Josh's Wyoming buddy, back on the Tanner Gentry is like the perfect practice squad guy. Like he's a good slot receiver. He's a good player. I thought he played really well this preseason. Always seems to to pop up every so often on meter, of course, during training camp. Perfect practice squad guy. If you're ever in like a emergency, pull the handle in case of emergency, break glass in case of emergency situation, and you're down to like your sixth receiver, like the Sabres were down to their eighth defenseman in the 06 Eastern Conference Finals. Tanner Gentry is not a bad option. I think he's a pretty good player. So perfect practice squad guy to me. I agree. And the reason I think is because Josh has had more reps with him, presumably, than anybody going back to Wyoming. I, I think of it as like when when Fitz started making starts and then all of a sudden Stevie Johnson starts to get like a lot more reps because the chemistry is already there, like they know each other very well. So I think that's why it's like, great, well, if you need, if you need someone to step in in some weird situation... We got Tanner Gentry. They know each other super well. There's going to be minimal growing pains. So it's a it's a great addition to have on the practice squad and around. And hey, I love working with people and running into them if I knew them in college. Why wouldn't Josh? Why wouldn't Josh? That's right. One guy I do want to mention, who I'm very excited stuck around because I thought he had, especially the last two games, really I noticed him a lot. Cornerback Jamarcus Ingram, not only because he's a UB guy and I love when you be guys stick around with the Bills, a la Cam Lewis. I thought he was like one of the better tacklers in a preseason that was full of missed tackles on the defense side of the ball for the Bills. It felt like I thought Jamarcus Ingram stood out a little. He kind of took over like the Josh Thomas role of last year for me. I noticed Josh Thomas a lot last year in preseason, making plays, stepping up, making splash plays, and it led to him being on the practice squad. I don't think Josh Thomas made as many plays this preseason, and that's why I don't think he's on the practice squad. I thought Jamarcus Ingram 
made a made a lot of nice plays this preseason. So I'm glad to see him back, especially after the loss of McLeod. Maybe he'll be my Nick McLeod replacement. Or maybe Nick McLeod will mm. find his way back to the roster like he did last year after getting picked up by the Bengals on waivers. So, but good to see Jamarcus Ingram back. I think it's a super strong practice squad. Like honestly, like half half of these guys could start on a majority of the NFL teams out there. So, just shows the the depth of Brandon Bean has created. I think. Let me tell you my hope for Nick McLeod. Nick McLeod should just tale. automatically wherever he is and like it didn't happen in the sense of the bills even though he mm-hmm. kind of tried I, I have a feeling he kind of tried i think nick mcleod should just automatically get number nine so that he can be mcleod nine right it only makes sense like yeah like it, it that was his first mistake it's such a yeah it's it's such a travesty such an egregious oversight number nine. Oh, i agree exactly like andre smith should have known better the whole time. And really, it's noticed. probably his fault that he didn't make the team. Probably. It's probably Andre Smith's yeah. fault. Tony, before we get into a Rams preview here, as as like I said, the season kicks off next week, uh, I just want to mention, speaking of egregious oversights, Josh Allen, number 13 on the NFL Top 100. Ooh, what is all I have to say? You cannot tell me there are 13 players better than Josh Allen. After the last time you watched him play football, he had two playoff games that were darn near perfect if not perfect tony this is i know it's a player's vote thing and maybe i don't know i i i have no explanation for this other than these media outlets are just out to troll bill's mafia twitter to get them riled up to get them in a tizzy pff nfl top 100 there it's all just for click it's all clickbait it's all the bill's mafia just in an uproar about rankings and data and analytic undermining how good the Bills actually are and the Bills players actually are. That's that's all I can think of because there's no way there are 12 players better than Josh Allen in this league. Matt, I have like deep state style conspiracy theories on this one. I'm sure you do. I think there's there's no way. There's no way it went down this way. It makes no sense. It has to have been someone, the triumvirate or the pentaverate, I should say. The pentaverate is in their secret layer like, all right, how are we how are we going to get the clicks? How are we going to get this going? Right. Well, I we'll just trigger Bills Mafia. They'll flip out. Everyone will be talking about it. It'll be a great way to feed the propaganda machine. So they drop us down to thirteen. I don't understand how we could be thirteen. I mean, other than you know, we won two less games. Okay. Every everything the stats I were a little down a little bit worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but eye test was a little better. Right. So just the eye test. So I don't know. I I mean, I like I do you think Tom Brady belongs where he is? I don't. I do not think that. I don't either. I I don't. I I mean, he shouldn't be number one. I think he's only number one is because he's been in the league forever and he's still playing at a high level. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this, this whole thing. Exactly. There's a lot of different reasons that people are voting the way that they're voting. We got to switch to a ranked choice voting system. I think it's the only way to make Josh be where he accurately belongs. It's like it's like whose lines it anyway. These points don't matter. I feel like yeah, and the games are made up. And the games are made up. Yeah, there was a, a couple other bills. I think Diggs came in in the twenties. I think twenty four. Poyer and Hyde were in the forties, uh, and Von Miller in the nineties. This list was crap. Just speaking of in general high level here. When Mac Jones was in the eighties, you think Mac Jones after his rookie <laughs> season. An average rookie season at that. I mean, yeah, the Patriots made the playoffs, but 
not on the back of Mac Jones by any means. For him to be in the 80s, I knew like this list was garbage ever since that. Like Kirk Cousins was on this list. Like, come on. You you can't. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, maybe. Mac Jones, absolutely. That Let is me ask Bill you this, Belichick man. behind the scenes. Robert Kraft selling his Super Bowl rings to get Mac Jones on this list. Kind of shenanigans there. All right, let me ask you this. What bills do you think belong on the list that were left off the list? We had five bills make the list. Who mm-hmm. who do you think belongs on there that was I not on Tred- there, if anyone? I think if Tredavious White doesn't get hurt, he should be on there. I agree. I think him and I also think Matt Milano should be on there. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. Disagree I love Matt Milano. Want. I just don't, I don't think he's like a top 100 so if you're taking like if you think like in from a number standpoint from a math standpoint 32 teams each team gets about three players on there is matt milano like the third best player on the bills do you think matt milano is better at linebacker than mac jones as a quarterback oh absolutely well then there you go what else do you need here i would argue yeah, I, I that I would argue that if Matt Milano last offseason, if he had signed with another team, I would argue that he would be on the list in the sense that his signing would have been so like it would have been this, you know, monster contract. It would have been like very heavily put in the media. A lot of pundits would be talking about it It would be like a huge signing for a fan base Mm -hmm. because he would because he would have been like a like a Jameson Crowder situation. It would have been like a free agent signing that's super hype just based on the scarcity of quality free agents. But I think that that would have propelled him to a perception of him being super good, that he would have ended up on the list. Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, Tony, before we wrap up here, less than a week away to the season opener, the Bills kick off against the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Just looking at some high-level stuff about this game let's start with the matchups what what are you looking at at this game what do you want to see the out of the bills what are you worried about like what are your thoughts going into this first game here i myself am kind of at a level of uneasiness just knowing the bills are in this very high profiled high spotlight situation right off the bat away against the super bowl defending champions so that kind of has me you know, on the edge of my seat a little for the next six days. But Tony, what are your thoughts here going into the opener against the Rams? Yeah, I'm worried about the profileness coming into this being not only the first game of the season, but the first game after, you know, a time uh, after after going through what we went through this week. Right. And we saw the effect of that that in the final preseason game. And the thing that I'm going to be looking for is to what extent is that affecting us, if at all? I hope not at all. I think that the attitude amongst the fans is like, just I, a punter you know, I don't know on. who that is. No, 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 no. I think the attitude amongst the fans is, is denial that it ever happened. I don't know who that punter is. He's not on my team. He's dead to me. He's nothing. This is nothing. We have real things to worry about. You know, I'm seeing, are they doing that? Is that really what they're doing? Is that healthy? Probably not. Is, is this going to affect them in any way, shape, or form? I hope not. So I'm going to be looking to that. Basically, if, if we look anything less than sharp, I'm going to blame it on that, uh, which makes no sense because we, we looked really terrible in the season opener last year against right. the Steelers. Against the Steelers boy, yeah. that was a, yeah, the, boy, that was a fall. Right. So I'm going to look into that. I'll be looking to see a key matchup that I'm really looking at is 
Cooper Cup versus Taron Johnson. Yeah. A couple of slot guys. And I feel like that's going to be the big has, difference. I think so, too. I mean, one of the best slot receivers against one of the best nickel corners. And that should really be like, I, to me, to me, if I'm the producer of the pregame show, that's the matchup. And I'm curious to see, obviously, how we look, new look offense. I'm curious to see how the defense of the Rams looks with Bobby Wagner, without Von Miller. I'm very curious to see what Von Miller's role is when the banner's going up. Will he join the other team? Is he, you know, like where, how is he going to fit into that? Good point. Mm-hmm. Does he get his ring? Yeah. Is he getting his ring? That's a good point. Is he going to, is he going to walk across the field? Is he getting his ring? Right. I'm, I'm very curious. And will that, will that impact his game? Probably not. I mean, he's only going to get so many reps anyway, but I will be looking at that. Now let's talk about players that have been getting hype that I'm very just like excited to see the hype manifested in reality. Really excited to see what Greg Rousseau looks like. Yep. If all the conversation is Greg Rousseau looks like a different person under the tutelage of Von Miller. Really excited to see that. Can't wait to see what that's like. Because this is a good test against a good Rams offensive line. Cannot wait to see how James Cook fits into the offense. And I can't wait to see how our offensive line is in the Chroma regime. Is this thing going to be a steel wall? I can't wait to find out. Yeah, I think those are those are great points if you were to rank your top three guys you're most anticipated most excited to see would it be rousseau first and then who who would who would fill out that list for you i mean i guess it depends on how i interpret your question like really it would be josh just because it is such a damn pleasure to watch him play of course, uh, so that i think that's the the given right but i but do you mean who Guys who we've been hyped about this preseason that we maybe haven't yeah. seen much of, like Gregory Rousseau. I'm excited to see yeah. Rousseau too because offseason workout, tutelage under Von Miller. You know, I thought he had a, a, a up and down rookie season, but for the most part, I was I was pretty impressed with him. Obviously, he peaked in that first Kansas City game in the regular season last year and won Player of the Week and kind of you know kind of dovetailed throughout the season and you know wasn't as impactful but I still thought he showed a lot of smarts out there especially in the run game so I'm excited to see now how he takes his pass rushing ability to the next level and of course he has a year under his belt and coming off a year where he didn't play his final season in college so that that's a guy like I'm super excited to see what he can do out there Gabriel Davis of course is a guy who mm-hmm. a lot of people in the media and Bill's mafia are are hyped to see him take the next step, see if he can be that breakout candidate that uh, everyone is is begged him to be or or giving him that title. So yeah, just just guys like those who you're you're anticipating to see who you haven't seen much of in in the in the preseason. Well, I'm excited to see Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, uh, that's another one. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Every t- every time Isaiah McKenzie started a game, I feel like, and Cole Beasley was injured or what have you or having a hissy fit, whatever his problem was. Mm -hmm. Isaiah McKenzie always stepped in and, like, just wowed everybody and had, like, 95 receptions in a single game and was, like, doing all these incredible things. So I'm really excited to see what he does now truly. Like, it's you know, it's his role to do what he wants with. and, And the offense in general, where clearly we know Josh has a high level of trust with him, so I'm, I'm curious to see. I was like, okay, is this is Isaiah McKenzie really the 
the, the next stud here that now people are going to start noticing and not just saying, oh, it's crazy. Isaiah McKenzie was like that random wide receiver that had a big game and he won't have one next week. And he won't have one next week because Cole Beasley is going to be back. But like not, now is this right. it? So I'm very curious to see to see if Isaiah McKenzie is is actually like a stud, just like he was on yeah. America's Got Talent. I don't know. Just like his, his majestic voice was angelic in times. Uh, can he be angelic on the field for us? Well, Another sure. course matchup is the cornerback matchup. You mentioned Cooper Cup against Taron Johnson, but they line Cooper Cup up pretty much everywhere in that offense, that Sean McVay offense scheme. So it'll be interesting how some of these younger cornerbacks adapt. Kyrie Elam, Christian Benford, uh, I'm assuming they're going to to rotate time. Dane Jackson even, you know, he has... He's the most experienced quarterback in that room right now. But that experience is all of 10 or less games at this point for Dane Jackson in terms of a starting role. So how do they match up with Cooper Cup? How do they match up with Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson? If he plays, he's a little banged up at the moment. But, you know, those are very good receivers. Uh, Allen Robinson is an excellent receiver who's played with a lot of bad quarterbacks up until this point, Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, any, anybody from Chicago, really. Now he plays with a very comparable quarterback or above average quarterback in Matt Stafford. So how does that translate? I, I think Allen Robinson's in line for a big year on the stat sheet. So how do the Bills adjust to that? Poyer's health, Hyde's health. Poyer's projected to be back week one. How do those guys factor in? And if they don't factor in, can Jaquan Johnson step up? Can DeMar Hamlin step up? So uh, there's a lot, a lot of storylines going into week one. I think the biggest one for me is, you mentioned it before, what if it's a repeat performance of week one from last year? What if they don't look good? What if all this hype, all this preseason hype of them being Super Bowl favorites and Josh being MVP and all this stuff, you know, pessimistic Bills fan in me, of course, goes to this, but what if it just washes away on one fell swoop after a very poor week one performance? <laughs> How does the team handle that? How do the fans handle that? Like that's going to be quite the downfall and and it could happen. You you don't know what to expect of this team. You, ex- you expect the talent to win out in the end, but a new scheme with Dorsey, new offensive coordinator in Dorsey, new play caller in Dorsey. So that's a big X factor. A new personnel. You mentioned Isaiah McKenzie, and Game Davis in a more prominent role. So that's another factor. There's a lot of variables that we don't know how, how they're going to play out going into this season. And that's probably what makes me most nervous. I would say that makes sense to me because I'm someone who's fully anticipating tuning into a post game show. <laughs> yeah, to a post game show or, or just to like a good morning football. And yeah. seeing the headline, are the bills collapsing, you know, or uh, yes, yeah. are the bills fraud, something like that, you know, when we're, when, cause we're like three and three or something like that. Right. I'm fully anticipating that happening with the tough schedule at the beginning of the season, that it's going to take a few weeks for sort of any, everybody to find their way, find what we're good at, find the best strategies, find the rhythm. And I think that's okay. Why the, that's why the season is as long as it is. So I'm anticipating that. I just hope it doesn't happen. I just don't want it to happen for my mental health all on Thursday night when we're on the national stage. And we've been looking forward to this for so long. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Bob Miller coming back is another story. There's just so many storylines. Uh, Tony, if you story. were to predict uh, score, Bills win, uh, whatever you want. Bills are actually favored in this game by... Last time I saw minus two and a half, minus, I think, 110 on the money line. So a surprising favorite coming to this game, considering they're on the road against the defending Super Bowl champions. 
I mean, the Bills can win. They can win every game. They, they're that talented. It's not, it's not a coin flip situation anymore. We expect them to win a majority of their games here. What, what are you feeling, though? Are, are you more negative in terms of can they win this or not? Or are you looking for them to come out of the gate on fire here? Uh, I think they I think they can win it, but will they? I'm very 50-50 on it. That's how I feel too. That's how I, I feel. And too. I but think a lot they... maybe some of it's maybe some of it's from the Pittsburgh game last year. They were yeah. like, oh well, you know, week one, <laughs> week one hurt. So I don't know. You want me to give a score prediction? Yeah, what do you got? Rams 33, Bills 31. Ouch. He went there. <laughs> prove me wrong, Bills. Prove me wrong. Prove, prove us wrong. No, I think I think that's completely fair. You mentioned the Pittsburgh game week one last year. Typically, the Sean McDermott era of the Bills week one, the greatest you know look for the for this team. They lost in Pittsburgh uh, at home to Pittsburgh last year. Uh, the year before that, they did not look good against the Jets at home again. Year before that, did not look good against the Jets in New York. Uh, those that. John Brown, Smoke Brown, last three minutes comeback game. Under the McDermott era, they typically have not looked. They don't have a track record of coming out of the gate strong week one. Yes, two of those are wins, but they weren't convincing wins the past three years. That's for sure. So that has me a little concerned, obviously. But if I were to predict a score, I think it's going to be high score as well. I'm going to say like Bills, same like a like a. 31 27 bills win okay mm-hmm. i'm in that like margin of difference plus minus five where it's like it could go either way <laughs> obviously yeah like voting tony though what do you say uh we wrap this episode up ready yeah i'm gonna go uh i'm gonna puke up some more tios i think in two minutes here, so yeah it's <laughs> lesson learned don't eat 13 year old tios yeah that, that's the lesson of this episode that sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. Now back to the show. Thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler, www.travelinggrowler.com. Koozie starting at just $5. Check out all the cool designs. Shop local, support local, Traveling Growler dot com t-shirt store t-e-e spring dot com search witty not funny all one word support the podcast check out all the cool designs buy a t-shirt for this upcoming season you'll be the talk of your tailgate party your listening watching party uh the talk of all your bills mafia friends awesome designs uh that's teespring.com teespring.com search witty not funny support the podcast t-shirt starting at just twenty two dollars um where you can find the podcast. You can find the podcast, as always, on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network, dropping every Friday at Built-In Buffalo underscore iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast for free. Search Built-In Buffalo. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. If you like us, leave us a review. Subscribe. Show us some love. Um, we always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. We truly do mean that. Uh, 103 episodes into this thing. Uh, Twitter handles Tony where can listeners find you at Tony Ambrose at Tony Ambrose short sweet simple straight at the point uh, you can find the podcast at witty sports 716 give us a follow we'll follow back we love connecting with Bill's Mafia Sabre Source people 
Bill's sports community. Uh, show us some love. We'll show it back to you. And that's all I got other than send off for the listeners. Tony, what do you got? Some motivating words as the season approaches, possibly? What, whatever the new year has in store, we'll be in it together. Old Lang Syne, toss it up for that. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's do this thing. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. The ball drop. Here, here. Here, here. Um, as I always say, go Bills. And uh, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. See ya. Marshawn is a fresh of breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.